You've tuned in to localjobnetwork.com radio, and you're listening to the LJN Radio Quad, where our hosts gather to share their thoughts, ideas, and perspectives on all topics employment related. I'm Andrew Mahara, and joining me in the quad today is Carly Rubach. Hello. Jacqueline Peterson. Hi. And Lynn Molitor. Hello. We have another great show ahead of us today. Carly, why don't you kick us off? Sure. I've I've noticed in our resources and radio shows lately that there have been articles about how to search for a job while you're currently employed. And I know someone who's going through this right now, who I won't name their name, obviously. But I think, you know, there's a lot of obvious things to keep in mind, but maybe people don't even think about it. So I'm just curious if you guys have any tips or if you've search for a job while you're employed in the past and how you went about it? Uh, Well, one thing that I will say is that I saw somebody make that I I worked with. um, And this person felt like they could really trust their manager and some of their coworkers. So they had asked them for referrals for their current job. Um, But they put their manager in a really awkward position because that manager is, you know, to do their job has to report that that person is now looking for a job and that maybe they should, you know, keep that on their radar. So um, I would say my number one tip is don't tell anybody (laughs) that you work (laughs) with, no matter how great you think your relationship is. Like, you know, don't put them in that position where they have to feel uncomfortable about having that knowledge. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting you say that, though, because um, the other thing that if you don't want to let anyone at your current employer know about, you have to watch your uh, occurrences of erratic attendance, you know, such as you all of a sudden you take a half a day here and the next week all of a sudden you take a half a day or you're putting in for comp time because, um, I mean, it's happened here where we pretty well know uh, who's looking for a job just based on their attendance. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yeah. um, you know, and obviously it's a right to look for a job. It's not like you signed a contract that you can't look for a job. But if your manager, be prepared if you should have some attendance irregularities, your manager may call you out on it. So you better be prepared for um <laughs> So don't, for, don't for a good answer. Don't come to work dressed really, really nice on, in a oh. casual work environment. That <laughs> well, that would be day. another. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But for the listeners out there, your manager cannot ask you what you're doing on your days off. So just be aware of that. You don't have to give them. That's yeah. Managers can't say, well, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just know that. But when you do, you can also put on your resume and your cover letter applying in confidence. And the um, employer has the duty to keep it confidential. Yeah, confidential. So going along with that, my other question would be, and I had this question from someone who's looking for a job while they're employed, is should they be posting their resume on like job sites, public job sites? And if they really want to, what can they do to protect their identity or protect themselves from their company finding out? The only thing, like when you post your resume online or whatever, you can post it private. Mm Mm-hmm. But if you post it public in a resume database, you do run the risk of other people finding it. Right. And I think that's just the risk that you take. Mm-hmm. That actually happened to me once at a, a previous job. I had posted my resume on um, just online. And I started working for this company. And I was working there for probably a year and they called me into the HR office and they said, we found your resume. Oh. But they didn't realize that it, I had just never taken it down. Mm-hmm. So um, once I explained that, they were, you know, I was like, it's really outdated. You know, like that I obviously 
this job's not even on there. So if I was looking for a job, I would have that on there. And that right. made sense to them. But to Jacqueline's point, like it was, it was just on a, on a public, you know, profile, if you will. Right. So, yeah. And I think, you know, along with what you were saying to Carly is just be careful of social media. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. There's some very obvious thing, like don't use your company email to, you know, right. set up an interview. Yeah. But, you know, people do that. So, and yeah, don't make calls from the office. And right. So the obvious things to keep in mind too. Yeah, and watch out for the printer. I know years <laughs> ago I found someone's resume at the printer, you know, and it was like, whoa. All right. So if you're looking for a job um, and, and you're currently employed and you don't want your current employer to know, those are some great tips to take into advice. Um, and I'm sure another one would be time management to make sure that you're managing your time so that they don't know you're taking PTO to Lynn's point um, to interview. But that also brings us to Jack or Jacqueline's topic for today. Yeah, it's uh, not about looking for new jobs, but prioritizing your time so that you're successful in your current position. And I wanted to just get your ideas on maybe your one or two favorite tips on what you do to prioritize your time and manage it so that you're successful. I'm a big fan of lists. Mm-hmm. I put, I make lists and or put everything in my calendar, and then if something more high priority comes up, it's easy for me to look at my calendar, see what's sitting there for my day, and then I can take okay, you know, this chunk of time, I can move this to Thursday, or I can move this to next week, and still get it done, and then I can move it. It's still on my list of things to do, but it helps me then move in for more high priority items. Mm-hmm. And something that I think I'm going to start doing this week, actually, I which made me this topic made me think of it but um I you know I schedule all my time in my calendar with like what tasks I'm gonna do but then my calendar is so overloaded and sometimes it's hard to just see everything so I think I'm gonna just print out like a separate calendar that just has deadlines on it so you can just have that visual there and it's easy to just glance at without getting seeing all the clutter of your tasks too so That's something I'm going to (laughs) try. I think uh, one of the things that you almost have to get comfortable with is when people ask you for something uh, like ad hoc, unplanned, you have to be able to say no. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, do you have a minute? Well, one minute is really not one minute. Um, And you just have to be honest with a person. And, you know, sometimes it comes down to, um, you know, can we talk this afternoon? I've got, you know, I've got 30 minutes I can dedicate my time to then. But right now it doesn't work. So um, when I had done a show on time management, that was one of the things that he had really emphasized was you got to be able to say no if you want to prioritize and manage your own schedule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Lynn, you've, you've actually done that to me in the past. And it was, no, but it wasn't. Sorry. No, it was, it was fine. And I think that um, the way that you handled it, you know, was really nice. And I just asked, hey, do you have a minute? And he said, um, is it important or can it wait till Tuesday or, you know, tomorrow right. or anything oh, yeah. like that? And I was like, oh, absolutely. You know, and then I just made a note to, to follow up. So, mm-hmm. you know, this, you don't have to just be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think people just need to understand that there's other deadlines, other priorities that you're working on, and they don't necessarily know everything that you're doing. I think so if you just constantly keep people in the loop, keep that communication open and just let them know, I'm actually working on something that's higher priority, um, you know, I can I can do it, but maybe not this week, maybe next week, mm-hmm. but it's not going to go on my list today. And I think that setting those boundaries keeps everyone on the same page and that they know that it's not a matter of, 
you not wanting to jump on board. It's just a matter of the fact that you just don't have time for it. But you have to let them know that you don't have time for it mm-hmm. or you're going to the perception is going to be different. So, yeah. And I think that that can flow into work versus personal life, too. Like Carly, you're planning a wedding, yeah. <laughs> so kind of. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Hope your fiance is not listening. <laughs> uh, but that's got to take a lot of time management on your end, right. just to be able to juggle everything at work and then, you know, getting everything planned for for the wedding. So how do you mm-hmm. do? How do you manage those things? Well, truth be told, I haven't been doing very good at planning the wedding yet. Um, But, I mean, we mostly keep that at home, obviously. I've gone to, like, I'll leave work for lunch if I want to get on my, I've brought my laptop before to, like, get on my computer and reply to emails or something during lunch. But I I just keep it at home. I can't. I'll go crazy if I bring it into work. (laughs) (laughs) I know. um, What what helped me, because I just recently planned a wedding last year, and um, I just let my boss know, hey, you know, there's a couple of phone calls that I'm expecting, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because some of the some of the companies that you have to work with are only open the same hours um, and they're at lunch when you're on lunch. So, um, you know, unless you you can you can try to schedule appointments to be over the lunch period. But. Um, he was really understanding, and he said, yeah, if you need to take, you know, 15 minutes here and there, just make sure that your manager knows and mm-hmm. and everything was fine. So Yeah, and that might happen further down yeah. the road. Right <laughs> now it's just all up in the air. <laughs> well, uh, let's take a step in a different direction and talk about what we can do as individuals to change the workplace. Um, I recently read an article that put change um, and the change that you would really want in the workplace, took it away from management and, you know, the the company and put it more on the individual. And I thought that that was really, really a neat way to look at it um, instead of that us versus them kind of mentality. It focused on what you can do to to just make the little tweaks and changes around the office. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to talk about that. Um, any, any tips on that? Did you guys get a chance to read the article that I had sent out? Yeah, I think... The biggest takeaway and the easiest thing to do is probably just leading by example and being a positive force in the workplace because we've talked about negativity before and how that can just bring everybody down. So if you're positive, hopefully that will resonate with the people around you and you can just lift up the spirits. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) I actually did read the article too, and that was one of the big takeaways that I took. It was just that you have to um, be the first person to make the change and hopefully others will follow. Um, But it's tricky. I mean, if there's people who um, aren't on board with it or they, um, I don't know, if, if they're not moving forward in the right direction with you, it, it, it does take work and you can't expect people to change with you. You just have to be positive and be responsible for your own actions. And yeah, I like to um, always like, you know, challenge myself to think of new ways that, you know, may be uh, more effective to work as a team or as a company. And I think the key there is to, um, you know, to kind of work out a plan on your own for whatever your idea may be, and then take it to your manager and, you know, kind of present it and say, you know, some some things are little and it's like no big deal. And your manager will be like, oh, yeah. You know, like, for example, it's like we need more camaraderie at lunchtime. Can we have a salad bar? 
And yeah. it's like, oh, okay, you know, I'll just get you, get you the approval, and then you run with the idea. And you know, usually it's like you hope you get buy-in from everybody, but you always call in your friends. You know, it's like, come on, <laughs> will you help me? You know, get this yep. change. Um, you know, and sometimes it can be, um, you know, like I think we need a team meeting. You know, can we have team meetings on you know a weekly basis? And it's like, well, sure, but someone's going to have to schedule the meeting and come up with agendas. And it's like, oh, okay, I'll do that, you know. So yeah, and um, one of the one of the other things that I had read in this article was saying not to um, participate in gossip. So yeah. if there's gossip going on, just kind of remove yourself from the situation and don't partake in it. Um, and eventually, you know, it's kind of to your point, Carly, about being positive that. You know, people will realize that you don't want to hear it, you don't want to participate in it, and they won't come to you with their complaints and their gossip and all that, and kind of just leaves you at a, a peaceful, peaceful state. Right. Yeah, and you can try to just steer the conversation somewhere else to or crack a joke and just try to distract them from the meaningless gossip. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think another thing you can do is if, for example, um, you feel like you don't have a good communication with your boss. Um, We just recently took um, some classes on the different communication styles, and it was very insightful to learn about, you know, ourselves, I think, and and about others and their communication styles and how they're perceived and things like that. So just maybe do some research on that or, um, you know, look at what, what you're doing and what, how you can improve yourself versus what everybody else should be doing to improve the situation. See if there's any little things, you know, well, I don't like this person because I think that they're rude. Well, maybe there's something you can do to, you know, win them over with some honey instead of vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, um, I was just in a similar situation, and I I don't know. I'm still contending with it. I, I don't know how to handle my little situation that I'm sort of pondering. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking because you talk about having, you know, being positive or, or but, you know, you sort of have to take a step back because there's different like levels of of different teams that you're working with. And you want to make sure that um, everyone's jiving and that, you know, communication mm-hmm. is there and stuff like that. But yeah, it's tricky. It's a tricky thing. I'll have an update for you next week, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, sometimes people just don't jive, right. you know, and then it just comes down to, all right, we got to get the job done, you know, and it's like it may, you know, because people have different styles, different communication styles, and then it's like, oh, all right, this isn't going to be <laughs> one of the best things, but we'll still get the job done. Right. Well, at times uh, you might be able to make the changes that you desire, um, but not always. And today we're going to wrap up by discussing what if you have a company policy that goes against your personal ethics? Yeah, so this actually came up recently. Um, It was all over the news about uh, it was a senior living facility. It wasn't a a senior aide. It was basically a high-end apartment for seniors where someone had uh, a medical emergency. And they called 911, and the 911 operator wanted uh, the person on the phone to give the individual CPR. And the person refused. And they're like, well, what do you mean? You know, I'll talk you through it. And the person had said, well, I'm a nurse. I know how to do it. But our company policy is that we just call 911, and we don't do any of the services ourselves, 
So, and then it got me to thinking, <laughs> you know, <laughs> how would you approach a situation that would just go against you personally? Yeah, because I would think that if you went to school to be a nurse, um, and we'll speak to our, our in-house nurse <laughs> here, Jacqueline, <laughs> uh, that you would you would kind of have that mentality that you're doing that to just help people no matter what, you know, like that's kind of the stand that you would take, wouldn't it be? I don't know. I don't, I mean, I don't think that you, I think that if you have a, per, if it's your personal choice, take the nurse out of the situation. If it's your personal choice, I don't, and it, and it goes, it's a company policy that's against your personal choice. I think you need to find a new employer yeah. Yeah. because your employer shouldn't be asking you to do something that you find to be immoral or unethical period, end of discussion. Then you have a third variable, which is this person who's a nurse and is certified in CPR clearly and took an oath to provide CPR. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, I mean, that, that topic obviously brings us to um, a hard choice to make, but I think I'm with Jacqueline. If you have a company that is that, I mean, that's an extreme, I guess, yeah. you know, because, um, you know, the, the lady that, or the, the woman who needed the help, she passed away, correct? Right. But I I mean, I didn't follow the end of the story, but it, there were differing opinions as to whether or not the CPR would have actually saved right. her. But either way, it brings but, us to, you know, what do you do in that situation? And yeah. I think you just have to make your ethical choice and then deal with the consequences from the company later, or like Jacqueline said, just find a different employer. And that brings us to the other point of researching a company before you work for them. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she clearly had to have known that that was obviously the policy and she was fine working there. Mm -hmm. I just don't know how you would take that intrinsic role to also be a nurse and choose not to, unless the client was a do not resuscitate, but I don't know if we even knew that, but... No. Well, yeah, it was a it was just an apartment building, so mm-hmm. I don't even know if they would keep that on their residences. <laughs> I have, like later. bracelets and stuff. I don't know. It was yeah, this I mean, this is an extreme case, and you know, it becomes a moral issue more than anything. Whereas most company policies, even if you don't disagree with them, like usually yeah. you can tolerate them, and it doesn't violate your moral or ethical standards necessarily. Necessarily, but I think it's important to look at something like this and try to figure out where, you know, that line is crossed and where it becomes a moral or ethical issue versus it's just like an annoying policy. Right. That's true. I have one that's a little bit less extreme. (laughs) (laughs) Um, At a uh, previous employer that I had worked for, um, they, they had an image in the community of being very earth friendly, but they did not recycle. At oh. all. <laughs> At all. <laughs> and they produced a lot of garbage. Um, and that always really bothered me. So, you know, what I had done, I mean, there wasn't ever, I couldn't change. I had brought it up. Like, hey, is there any way that, like, oh, our department yeah. can do something? And yeah. um, they're like, well, you know, unfortunately, you know, we just, that would require, you know, and they had all these steps and things that they had to do. So what I started doing is instead of, you know, having a, a cup that I would use and throw away or, you know, that I could have maybe recycled, um, I brought in a nail gene And, you know, I just tried to work on minimizing any garbage or anything that I could recycle, oh, you know, yeah, or you personally, yeah, personally, um, and, and doing it that way, um, even down to like, 
reusing pieces of paper from my scrap paper and just reusing them and then keeping them in a folder and then I would sometimes take them home and just toss them into my own recycling you know Mm -hmm. so there are little things that you can do even if a company has a policy I think that maybe you can work on yourself I mean you can't change maybe the company hey yeah we're now we're back to topic two yeah (laughs) (laughs) but um you know that in little situations like that what do you guys Mm -hmm. think I think that's a great example yeah I mean, yeah, I like those. Yeah. I used to do that, too, about taking the scrap or the recycle paper. I'm like, I got to remember to do that. I do that. that. I cut all my sheets in half. Anyway. I still do it. Even when we print stuff off in the morning, like, I'll have a stack, and a couple of my coworkers make fun of me, like, what do you have all these papers? (laughs) I'll use them. I will use them for my scrap paper eventually. (laughs) Um, I think that about does it for the quad today. Thank you all for listening, and please, if you would like to suggest any topics for discussion on the LJN Radio Quad, send a message to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. For Carly Rubach, Jacqueline Peterson, and Lynn Molitor, I'm Azure Mahara. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.